you know, I talked to you last week about virtues that bring victory. We talked about praising at midnight, that it's a virtue to be able to praise at midnight and to have this virtue of when anything happens, that even if it's something you don't understand, instead of grumbling and complaining, praise comes out of you. We're not even going to talk about the NFL, are we? We're just not even going to bring that up today. That's behind me now. Get behind me, Satan. I'm just not even going to talk about it. Everybody knows. But you know what? At midnight, when you don't understand why something happens, why, why a call wasn't made. <laughs> you know, victory is, is, is instead of complaining and instead of uh, feeling uh, confused or questioning God, there's a great virtue of saying, I'm just going to praise God. This is how I fight my battle. That's a virtue. Now, everybody doesn't have it, but you have it. And it is a virtue that always brings victory in every situation. No matter what happens, you have that. Today I'm going to talk to you about guarding your heart because the second virtue is, um, is courage. And I'm going to talk about guarding your heart because it's a virtue to have courage. Uh, you know, in, in Revelation it says, and the cowardly won't inherit the kingdom. The cowardly. Nobody wants to be a coward. Most men save a collection of stories where they were the hero. And they tell them whenever women will listen. That time when you stood up and were a, a hero, you know. And most of us, you know, because that's what we, you know, we even have uh, movies on superheroes because we have kind of made that, um, you know, an, uh, something to aspire to, to be a hero or to have courage. And it really is, in life, it really is a wonderful thing. And that word courage is from um, the root word uh, a Latin word from core, like where you get the core of your being, it, the core of you. It, it, it's like a cardiac surgery. This word courage means to have your heart in it. And it, it, it has to do with the central place of you, that part of you that is the deepest place of you that none of us can really explain what it is, but we all know what it is. You know what I'm talking about? Like we, we talk about heartache or heartbreak or you know, I, I love you from my heart. We, we don't exactly know exactly what that is, but we just know that that's where we feel the deepest, and that's where we love the deepest, and that's the part of us that makes us want to live. And with people that don't want to live, it's the part that's broken. We call it a broken heart. And, 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 and it, 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 that word translates to every language on the planet because everybody, when they hurt, they hurt, especially in a relationship, they don't hurt in their arm. And when someone hurts your feelings, you don't hurt in your leg. Like, oh, man, man, you hurt my feelings. My leg hurts. No, we always relate it to, uh, not even our head, we always relate it to uh, our heart. We relate stress to our head. But we, we relate hurt to our heart. And so there's the concept of being discouraged means to have lost your heart. It means that you no longer have the courage to conquer. Life is a race Life is a challenge, and it's not going to be easy. Anybody been around a little while knows that what I'm saying is true, and it's all going to come down to courage. And everybody doesn't have courage because at some point, life is trying to take your heart from you. It's trying to get you to just exist and quit and give up and say, well, I'm not even going to try. I can't go anymore. I can't do it. And like sometimes you get around teenagers, they're 16 years old, and they already lost heart. You know, they've been through so many things, they don't have their heart in it anymore. They don't have that passion. All those things that we relate to as life come out of this place. So the great virtue in victory is courage. 
courage. I love Winston Churchill. I saw that recent movie about him. I forget what it's called. It was great. But because in, 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 the, in the middle of the Nazis, you know, bearing down on him, this guy said, just shook up and said, you know what? He went to the people and he said, what are they like? And he was around the politicians. And how many know many of them are cowards? They're all just wondering if they're going to get reelected. And in this case, they're about to lose their whole nation. And the politicians are still fighting about everything. And so he got off the... Uh, the, the transport and he went among the people he actually got into a, uh, a tram or something and he was he they they knew he was the prime minister so he started saying hey you know if the nazis showed up what would you do should we sign a should we sign a treaty with them they were like heck no he said well, what do you think we should do we should fight and he found that there was courage in the people and cowardice with the politicians so don't count on politicians to stand up for you and don't count on hollywood to make your life work at some point, this is all going to come down to courage and what's real inside of you. Are you willing to fight for what you believe? Or if you're willing to fight for what you want? You remember the children of Israel, God brings them to the promised land. He brings them out of Egypt, brings them to the edge of the promised land, and they became cowards. They heard the report from the prophets, and the, 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 the men that went in, the spies went in, and they said, man, it's an awesome land. It's just what God said, but there are giants in that land. And these people, they lost their heart. And they became fearful, and God said, well, then you ain't going to the promised land. Because the promised land is for the courageous. It's not for people who are willing to accept something less, who are willing to live without heart, living without courage, living without the passion to conquer. And many people, because of a broken heart, they have just yielded to life and yielded to um, the circumstances that they're living in. And it's not easy. I mean, you have someone close to you get sick, it scares you. Because, you know, you, you, it's just walking through a hospital is one thing, but when, when your beloved is in one of those rooms, it's real. It's not a sermon anymore. It's like going to find out. And then you know, I'm either going to fight, or I'm either just going to give in. I'm just going to live with it. I'm either going to put some heart in this thing and say, look, I'll fight to the end. They'll know that, hey, they'll, I don't know if I'm going to win or lose, but they'll know I fought. They'll, they'll know that, you know, they say there's people in comas, they, they hear everything. I recently heard a guy that was in coma 12 years, and um, one of the things that was di most difficult for him was his mama talking about death. Here he was, trapped in his body, wide awake, listening to everything, and heard his mama making funeral plans. He was like, I almost didn't make it because she took my heart away. careful how, what you speak when you're in those hospital rooms. You think they're out? They ain't out. They might be right there. I always talk to them like they're there. So how you doing? How's it going? They just don't say anything. I said, look, God's with you. Don't give up. You need to hold on. And the nurse looked like, he ain't hear you. You crazy. But he finds out later that, they, that many times they can hear you. And, and, and more than that, uh, your kids and the people around you, they can feel whether your heart's in it or whether you quit. That you're trying to get a job? You go out to, out to that man about the job. If you're intimidated, you feel like you're a nobody, you're not getting that job because he can hear your heart. You can say, I'm awesome, I can do it. But if you're a coward, they know it. And if you're dealing with dogs, you can't fake out a dog. If you're a coward, he knows it. Be like, you're trying to act brave. You are, you just, he'll just eat you up like you're making me mad. Trying to act brave. You ain't even brave. He'll just come out. You got to actually be brave or that dog can say, you, you, you're a chicken. And I'm going to eat you up. A horse, they, they know. You, you can't fake it with a horse. You know, you get on a horse, they're huge, and they're freaking you out. And then the other guy's walking up, jerking the horse around. And you get on the horse like, mm-mm, you ain't got nothing. You, 
you afraid. And that's just the way life is. People sense that is that heart there. And everybody's had times when they've lost heart or they've been discouraged and they've lost their courage. And it, mostly it's because they, they don't understand what this scripture I'm going to read you says. Proverbs 4.23 says, so above all, can you say that with me? Above all. Boy, when the Bible, the, the book of wisdom says above all. You better get your ears, your listening ears on because this is above all. In other words, this is, if you don't get anything else, you at least get this above all. Everything else above all. Guard the affection of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. From there flows the wellspring of life. Father, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, open up our minds and our hearts that we might catch our breath and become courageous and guard our hearts for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Life flows from the overflow of your heart. If you don't have enough for you, you can't give anything to anybody else. So you can't just maintain barely enough heart. You've got to have an overflowing heart. And an overflowing heart comes from, the, from whether or not you guarded that thing. Whether or not, look, there, you cannot stop bad things from happening. So if you're going to quit, if bad things happening, you might as well go ahead and quit. Because I can promise you something bad is happening. Don't say that, Pastor Ray. Well, look, I'm just telling you, an evangelist, he can tell you anything. I just got to tell you the truth because, you know, we live together. And I, I'd be lying if I told you bad things are not going to happen. Hurtful things are going to happen. That's life. You can even get used to that. But what's going to determine your heart and your success in this life is how you respond to those things. That's what it means when it says, above everything else, guard your heart. God says, I can't stop hurtful things from happening, but I need you, even though your emotions and your feelings, and you might go through something, you better put a guard around your heart. Don't let it get that deep. Don't let it get to the point where it takes your breath away and takes your life away and takes what the deepest part of you away. You can't keep things from happening, but you can keep it, according to this scripture, from creating a permanent heart damage. Look, you, you got to, you know, life is full of decisions. Even when you're a teenager, you can say, I'm going to be a hurt person or I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a healed person. Am I going to be a victim or am I going to be a victor? Life is always giving you choices and it's finding out how you treat your heart. And if you let people walk on your heart, walk on your life, if you let circumstances make you feel like killing yourself, all of that has to do with you're not guarding that thing. Everything, your job, your income, your marriage, your ministry, everything about your life comes from how well you took care of this right here. Especially when difficult things happen, you got to say, uh, hey, you know, that, that hurt, but you didn't get my heart. I'm still alive and well. I can look, I just shake it off. What gives, it's the virtue of saying, you know what, this right here, you don't get this. This all belongs to Jesus. Listen, if you sustain what the Bible calls a wounded spirit or a broken heart, listen to me, you must be healed. Now, you, you know, a doctor can never really diagnose a broken heart, but 
it, he knows when, a, when someone gives up on living that even their own body won't heal. And unless they have some hope, if they, when they lose hope, they'll just die. Diane's grandfather, he, he was a strong you know, little man, and, and he was climbing up and 80 years old. You know, he was up in the pecan trees shaking the branches, fell out, matter of fact, and lived. I mean, he was just one of those, you know, Mississippi, you know, farmer, sweet, love Jesus guys. And uh, he could take anything. But when his wife died, a year later he died. Of what? He died of a broken heart. Nothing could kill him. But when you, when you, he let it get, he, he, tried, to, he tried to fight it off. But, but uh, he, he tried to, you know, date some ladies from the church. Somebody say Amen. He gave it a he gave, he gave it a go, you know. He's like a, I, I need, he knew he he knew he had to get his heart back because he was brokenhearted. And 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 after he he you know went on a couple of dates with the ladies of the church, he said, "I gotta die. This is just I'm gonna die." <laughs> but but he, but it's true. It was, he was such a wonderful man. But that he just uh, said, "I, I can't hang can't go." And that's a powerful force that's on the inside of you is that part that says, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I, I, I have something in life. I have something to give. I have something to attain. I have this courage inside of me that says, don't you ever give up. Listen, it's not what happens to you. It's how you perceive it in the deepest part of you. Now, I'm going to say it again. It's not what happens to you. It's how you choose to perceive it. In the, this is all about you. How, how it affects you is going to be on how you thought about it. A, a wounded spirit and a broken heart is the result of wrong thinking, not bad experiences. It's not what happened to you. Because I can show you people that, that was born in the ghetto, two of their brothers, uh, one's dead, one's in jail. I'm talking about my son-in-law. And uh, he rose up to be a great man. They both had, were both trampled on the same way. All three of them were trampled on and passed around and, and neglected and rejected. And he turned out to be a great man. And the other one's in jail and the other's dead, got shot. Why? It was not, it all, everything happened the same way. But you know what? He said, you know what? I'm not giving my, I don't care what happens to me. I'm not giving up my heart. I'm not giving away my heart. I'm going to be who God called me to be. I'm going to conquer this thing. I so admire people. And you, you know, you know people like that. Like how in the world, after what she's been through, come away wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. How in the world, after what he's been through, how in the world, what is that smile? Wipe that smile. I'd be crying if I was you. But why is it that some other people, when it's something that's bad, but it's not, I mean, the saints lose, and they're like in a deep depression. <laughs> like, hey, it's just really a game. I know it was bad, but you shouldn't give that more than five minutes. I gave it a whole day. <laughs> y'all know if y'all was on my, <laughs> y'all know if y'all was watching my Facebook, I, I gave it more than five minutes, but I shouldn't have. But, but after the first day, I said, I'm wiping my face and forgetting about the whole thing because I was, I was out for a minute. Took me down, <laughs> took me down hard. But then I said to myself, this, wait a second, this is, this is just a game and that wasn't right. But you know what? I, I live for Jesus. I don't live for some fantasy sport. I'm here to do the thing God called me to do. I'm about to finish my race. So it's not the result of what happened to you. It's how you thought about it. And what you let roll around in your head. Let me read you this scripture. 
Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Oh, man. That, that scripture actually in the Greek says, if you will make the choice to not worry and pray, God will set a guard, a garrison around your heart. And you'll, got, you'll have God's armed soldiers like, hey, that hurt, but didn't hurt bad enough. I'm, I'm knocked down. I got knocked down, but I'm not knocked out because I got a garrison. I started thinking the right thing. God set a garrison around my heart. You knocked me down, but you can never knock me out. You'll never take my courage, and I'll never quit. Listen to the same scripture in the Passion Version. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Listen, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. You know... Some of you have been to the mountains, and of course, it's even a building where there are staircases. When you're in a high, dangerous place, they always have these things they call guardrails, right? Like if you go to a, you see a staircase and there's no railing, you're like, kids, get off of there. It just kind of freaks you out because, you know, in dangerous places, you should have guardrails. And you should have guardrails around your heart. What are they? What do they look like? Let's put some guardrails up in our life because I can't keep you from going through something hard, but I can help you put some guardrails up. Discouragement. Here's a guardrail for you. You feel discouraged. Listen, here's a guardrail. If God be for you, who can be against you? Romans 8.31. Look at somebody say, if God is for you, who can be against you? See? And he's for you. And maybe disappointment. Romans 8.28, all things are working together for good. All things are not good, but all things are working together for your good because you love God, because you are called according to his purpose. I don't care what happens. Even if the saints lose, your life is still going to be good. All things are working together for your good. That's a guardrail. You know, you, you got to put something in your mind that says, I, 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 it ain't all lost. God's about to turn this thing around for my benefit. Failure, maybe you fail. Maybe you fail. Then you look at Philippians 4.13. What does it say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I'll just get up and build again. I'll just get up and do it again. I can do all. I can't do it. You can do it. 
So you need to have these guardrails that come from God's word. He sets them up around your heart and says, you know what? Other people don't have any guard for their heart, but I'm giving you these rails. You might get close to the edge, but don't fall over the edge. Betrayal. Somebody betrays you, and it hurts. If you get rejected, man, look, that's bad. I know, it's bad. What about this? Jesus said, Matthew 6, 14, forgive so that you can be forgiven. Remember when you betrayed Jesus? Oh, yeah. You didn't mind that too bad, but when someone betrayed you, oh, it's a huge deal. So if you have been forgiven, go ahead and let it go. I can't. Yes, you can. You can. You can be the person who lets it go. Put those guardrails over your life that say, I can't, I can go this far, but no more. I am not going there. I'm not, I will not cross the line and quit. How did I stay married 41 years? Because <laughs> I tell you, at the end of the day, I had a guardrail. I ain't quitting. Look, I, I heard Jesse Duplan say, I've never considered divorce many, one, one single time. I've considered murder lots of times. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I can't say I consider murder because that's not true. But, 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 but I, I, in our house, we never even said the word divorce. I've been married 41 years. I never said the word divorce to her. She never said it to me because we put up a guardrail and said we ain't going there. We might fight. We might be hurt each other's feelings. But guess what? It's you and me till Jesus comes, and that's the way it is. And those guardrails, I'm not going there. Right? Never become self-destructive. I'm just going to go get drunk, or I'm just going to do, do some drugs. I'm going back. Stop that. You don't have to do that. Put up a guardrail and say, I might be sad for a moment, but I'm not going back to the hell I came out of. Are you crazy? Don't have a thought of I'm going to kill myself. I'm not getting on to you. I'm just telling you. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You're worth a lot more than whatever you're going through. It's going to pass in a couple of days. What did they say? It came to pass. It just came to pass. It's going to be over with soon. Don't even think it. It's the enemy whispering to you. Say, listen, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to something, but I ain't going that far. I'm not going to think about letting myself go. I'm not going to strike out at others. You say, well, they hurt me. Well, I have every right. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. If someone hits you, turn the other cheek. Someone pokes you, well, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I defend myself. You know what? That's you're making a huge mistake because you're about to get into a tar baby and you can't get out. So you're gonna want to strike, you know, rear back to hit somebody, and God's gonna say, Look, don't don't do it, man. Don't go that far. Don't strike somebody. Don't strike out and write something ugly and that you're sorry that you you wrote. Don't cause more hurt just because you've been hurt. Never question God's goodness. I don't care what happens. God is good. Can I get any witnesses out there? I, look, I, I might say, ouch, that hurt, but I'm never going to say God's not good because I, got, I was born in the United States of America. I have a beautiful home. I have a beautiful life. I have beautiful health. I have beautiful opportunity. I don't care what happens. I can always start all over. God is with me. God's not against me. And I'm going to conquer in every situation. What, what do they say? God is good? And all the time? God's good, man. Even in a dark time, he's still God. And he's still been good. You can't, you can't even count the blessings you have and you, how blessed you've been. You just can't even measure how blessed you've been. Never consider the thought God is not good because he is good. Never question God's faithfulness. The work he started, the Bible says he's faithful to finish the work he started in you. Don't go there. 
where you say, I wonder if God's going to finish. He's going to finish. See, you, you might give up on God, but God has never given up on you. And I want to, is this, is this good? Is this true? Look, keep your heart. Keep, the, keep that young heart about you where you can just believe great things. Don't get disappointed and don't get hurt and discouraged. And don't let your heart go. I can't stop these crazy things. Stop talking about what happened. Just leave it alone. Just don't even go there anymore. Say, you know what? My heart's good. I'm moving on with Jesus. Your success in life is going to determine by how you keep your heart. Because out of that is your whole life. Don't betray others because they betrayed you. Don't go there. Well, she did it to me, so I'm on the... See, the point is this, and I'm going to close. Where, where's my keyboard player? By now, someone's trying to make me stop preaching. <laughs> you know, those keyboard players try to stop you before you hurt yourself. Like, just, just stop, Pastor Brent. It's time. If your heart is broken, I have some good news. Your heart can be healed. You feel like you lost something? Well, go back where you lost and find it. I don't know what happened. My, my wife lost keys three times this week. <laughs> I, was, I, was cooking through, I was kicking through the leaves uh, yesterday at Percy Quinn trying to find some keys. And I thought, you know, I love her. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it, everything's harder when you're looking for keys. And, uh, and so I'm desperately looking through the leaves for these keys that have a wood, you know, fob on them. And uh, if, if you lost something, we were all trying to go back where we were. If you lost it, find out where you lost it and go back and get it. If it was a divorce, and look, you, you, if you lost your heart right there, get it back. You can't change what happened. You can't even change mistakes that you made. But you can go back and get your heart and say, you know what, that's over. I'm moving on. A broken heart doesn't fix itself. 30 years later, you'll still be talking about what happened and how your parents abandoned you and how somebody betrayed you. You'll still be bleeding 40 years from now. And it's a sad thing. At some point, you've got to let it go. And you've got to let that beauty of who you really are start shining in you again. That's your success. Your, your blessing is that thing still alive. The spark is still in you. You still got that twinkle. You still got that spark of Jesus inside of you. Don't ever let anything take that away because that's everything. That's, all, that's everything you have is that spark of life. Thank God that you're still alive and you still have an opportunity. And God wants to heal that part of you. You know, the blood from the side of Jesus, when they pierced him, we're going to have communion today. But when they pierced the sight of Jesus, it was significant. You know why this is significant? You know, they stuck that spear in him and they poked it up in there. And the Bible says that blood and water came out. Separation. When someone's got a wound, they speak separation. It's always flowing. They got blood and water. They've always got that hurt, that separation. They've always got that flowing out of them of what happened. And it always flows out of them. And they, they, they speared Jesus to check for something because they knew the science of it that if someone went under enough pressure, it would break their heart. And literally, Jesus died of a broken heart. That his heart, he didn't die of crucifixion. He died because his heart broke. His heart burst. Wonder who it broke for. And 
had blood. His heart was broken so that your heart could be healed. He said, it's not that big of a deal. It just doesn't hurt that much anymore. Listen, don't have to make it up. Just be healed. You don't have to make excuses. Just say, you know what? I was hurt, but now I'm healed. And I didn't get healed by any person or a psychologist or took some medication. I got healed because I looked to Jesus and his blood spoke to me. And it said, even though your heart was broke, it's about to be healed. And it's a miracle. It's a miracle. His blood speaks healing to the brokenhearted. And everybody said, well, man, look, you look better. And they said, well, why did you look better? You know what? Uh, Jesus healed my heart. I mean, how did it happen? Did you get some counseling? And did you go, did, you, did your ex-husband die or something? <laughs> no. I just went to the cross. And I received that there was a sacrifice for broken hearts. And all I had to do is receive it. I didn't have to punish my new husband for what my old husband did. Because I got a healed heart. What a wonderful sacrifice. So I'm going to ask, the ushers are going to come stand in front. And we're going to receive communion before we go today. Are you okay with that? Because you're going to receive a miracle. I can pray for you, but only Jesus can heal your heart. Only Jesus can bring the smile back and the joy back to your life.